Letter eighty four of Letters from Egypt by Lady Lucy Duff Gordon. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. To Sir Alexander Duff Gordon, off Bulak, August twentieth, eighteen sixty six. Dearest Alec, since I wrote, I have had a bad bilious attack, which has, of course, aggravated my cough. Every one has had the same, and most far worse than I, but I was very wretched and most shamefully cross. Omar said, That is not you, but the sickness, when I found fault with everything, and it was very true. I am still seedy. Also, I am beyond measure exasperated about my boat. I went up to the Atta el Kali, cutting of the canal, to see the great sight of the Bride of the Nile, a lovely spectacle, and on returning we all but sank. I got out into a boat of Zubeda's with all my goods, and we hauled up my boat and found her bottom rotten from stem to stern. So here am I in the midst of wood merchants, sawyers, etc., etc., rebuilding her bottom. My Rais said he had carried her on his head all this time, but what could such a one as he say against the word of a Hagawa, like Ross's storekeeper? When the English cheat each other, there remains nothing but to seek refuge with God. Omar buys the wood and superintends, together with the Rais, and the builders seem good workmen in fair dealing. I pay day by day, and have a scribe to keep the accounts. If I get out of it for one hundred and fifty pounds, I shall think Omar has done wonders, for every atom has to be new. I never saw anything so rotten afloat. If I had gone up the cataract, I should never have come down alive. It is a marvel we did not sink long ago. Mabrook, Palgrave's boy, has arrived and turns out well. He is a stout, lubberly boy, with infinite good humor, and not at all stupid, and laughs a good real nigger yaya, which brings the fresh breezes and lilac mountains of the Cape before me when I hear it. When I tell him to do anything, he does it with strenuous care, and then asks, Taib, is it well? And if I say yes, he goes off, as Omar says, like a cannon in ladyship's face, in a guffaw of satisfaction. Achmet, who is half his size, orders him about and teaches him, with an air of extreme dignity, and says pityingly to me, You see, O oh lady, he is quite new, quite green. Achmet, who had never seen a garment or any article of European life two years ago, is now a smart valet, with very distinct ideas of waiting at table, arranging my things, etc., and cooks quite cleverly. Arab boys are amazing. I have promoted him to wages, one Napoleon a month, so now he will keep his family. He is about a head taller than Rainy. I intend to write a paper on the various festivals and customs of Copts and Muslims, but I must wait to see Abu Sefain, near Luxor, the great Christian saint, where all go to be cured of possession, all mad people. The Viceroy wages steady war against all festivals and customs. The Mamal was burked this year, and the fair at Tanta forbidden. Then the Europeans spoil it all, the Arabs no longer go to the Atel el Khalig, and, at the Dosa, the frangi carriages were like the Derby Day. It is only up-country that the real thing remains. To-morrow my poor black sheep will be killed over the new prow of the boat, his blood straked upon her, and his flesh sodden and eaten by all the workmen, to keep off the evil eye, and on the day she goes into the water some fikis will read the Koran in the cabin, and again there will be boiled mutton and bread. The Christian Ma'alimain, skilled workmen, hold to the ceremony of the sheep quite as much as the others, and always do it over a new house, boat, mill, water-wheel, etc. Did I tell you Omar has another girl, about two months ago? His wife and babies are to come up from Alexandria to see him, for he will not leave me for a day, on account of my constantly being so ailing and weak. I hope if I die away from you all, you will do something for Omar for my sake. 
I cannot conceive what I should do without his faithful and loving care. I don't know why he is so devotedly fond of me, but he certainly does love me, as he says, like his mother, and moreover, as a very affectionate son loves his other. How pleasant it would be if you could come, but please don't run any risks of fatigue or exposure to cold on your return. If you cannot come, I shall go to Luxor early in October, and send back the boat to let. I hear from Luxor that the people are all running away from the land, unable to pay triple taxes and eat bread. The ruin is universal. The poor sheikhs el Belid, who had the honor of dining with the viceroy at Minia, have each had a squeeze politely administered. One poor devil I know had to make a present of fifty purses. How is my darling Rainy? I do so long for her earnest eyes at times, and I wonder if I shall ever be able to get back to you all again. I fear that breakdown at Sudan sent me down a great terrace. I have never lost the pain and the cough for a day since. I have not been out for an age or seen any one. Would you know the wife of your bosom in a pair of pink trousers and a Turkish tob? Such is my costume as I write. The woman who came to sew could not make a gown, so she made me a pair of trousers instead. Farewell, dearest. I hardly say how your hint of possibly coming has made me wish it, and yet I dread to persuade you. The great heat is quite over with the high Nile, and the air on the river fresh and cool, cold at night even. End of letter 84. Read by Sibella Denton. All LibriVox files are in the public domain. For more information, please visit LibriVox.org.